0: The Nth Power, a funk jazz and soul band out of New Orleans, just released their debut album, Abundance, and can be seen this Friday, November 27th, at the Sinclair in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We had a chance to speak with drummer, bandleader, and 2005 alumna Nikki Glaspie earlier this year about her life after Berkeley, including five years touring the globe with Beyonce, experiences and tips from life on the road, and the impact Berkeley had on her trajectory. In a moment, you will hear that full conversation, a condensed visual version, which can be seen at youtube.com slash berkeleyalumni. But first, let's listen to the brand new single from the nth power right now.
1: Dig deep into the problem at the root where it starts to grow. Our problems If we don't look them in the eye We'll never let them go And build something better A future not born of pain Where fears and tears Are not governed by the past But by the moment which Together we make last right now. No need for hesitation It's a brand new situation Make your move Much pain, he's running in circles behind a wall of self-inflicted shame. Take a long hard look in the mirror. That's the one who won't let you be. move and don't look back Celebrate what you've been given This life is so worth living right now now. No need for hesitation It's a random situation Make your move and don't look back Celebrate what you've been given This life is so worth living right now
2: I came to Berkeley because. Beautiful. I'm
3: not so what, what? What brought you here?
2: Actually, um, it's funny that you asked that question because it was a preacher who came to our church. Uh, I used to. I, I lived in Raleigh. I went to church in Raleigh, and he came there, and he was a, a musician, and. He saw me play drums and you know, he's like, Oh, you're awesome, you know, and I was like, I really wanna study music, I wanna pursue it And he recommended he's like you should check out Berkeley College of Music and I was like, Really? Like I'd never heard of it And he also said the University of Miami He said the University of Miami first and then he said Berkeley but I went online and I checked it out and I was like, Oh my god, this totally looks like somewhere I wanna go or somewhere I wanna be You know, and shortly thereafter I went to Mars Music, which no longer exists, and uh, J.R. Robinson was doing a clinic there, and I saw him, and he was like, yo, you should go to Berkeley," And I was like, what? I'd heard about it within, you know, it was within like two weeks or something of each other, and I was like, maybe I should really check this out. So I, I went, I came to Percussion Week, and uh literally that was kind of like my decision maker right there within itself you know i met giovanni and orasio and that was it really that you know i i came up here and i was like this is amazing i really want to do this not really knowing uh <laughs> you know about exactly what it was because i i went to percussion week so everything was drums you know so i was attracted to that you know, and then when I got here, I was like, oh, I got ear training and composition and like harmony. And, you know, I had no prior exposure to that sort of thing before I got here.
3: Right, to the music theory. What would, would you do to kind of overcome that?
2: I mean, I won't even really say that I did. <laughs> this is being honest, you know, like, I won't say that like I overcame uh theory. I just have ears and I worked on my ears, you know, to a point where I could communicate what I was hearing with people, you know. But I mean, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't the best harmony or ear training student by any stretch of the means. But I, you know, worked hard at it, you know, but I didn't really have a connection to it because I was a drummer. So I had no harmonic or even melodic, Knowledge or background or you know.
3: So you just dove right in? Yeah, I just
2: dove right in. I really had no idea What was happening?
3: Do you have a story that kind of stands out while while you were here?
2: I mean Yeah, I mean I guess it was it was even before it was during the percussion week like I had watched videos of Horacio El Negro Hernandez for I don't know <laughs> like four years in my life before I came you know since I was like 13 and I was like um, when I got to meet him like I totally cried I fully had a fan geek out moment and I cried and I was like oh my god I love you he's like I love you too and I was like oh this is awesome but then We actually got to hang out, cause I used to go to uh, Sophia's. I lived across the street from Sophia's, which I heard is not there anymore. And uh, they used to just play salsa in there and uh, Latin jazz and- Cambridge? No, on Boylston Street.
3: Okay,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, Like, was that right beside the Shell gas station? Um, But yeah, I used to, I went in there one night and they let me in, I don't know how or why, cause like, you know, it was 21 plus, I'm like 17. And they're like, sure, you can come in, you know? And I was like, I'm not gonna drink, I just wanna hear the music. And uh, he came in there and he played and he heard me play and cause I used to hang out with the other drummer there, his name was Pablo. Uh, and, you know, I got in the car with him and like we went and we just like talked and hung out and he was just like, you're my heart. Like, I really love, you know, like you're playing and just like what you're doing and just like keep doing it. And that definitely changed me, you know, as a musician. Someone that I looked up to for such a long time, actually hanging out with him, talking to him, playing with him, you know? He actually taught me left foot clave, you know? And that was probably one of the single greatest experiences that I had here at Berkeley. I mean, there are so many. Um, I met Angela Mia Botchman here, who was a huge influence in my life to this day. You know, um, she's a great teacher, a great educator, and definitely inspired me to keep moving and to do what I'm doing today. You know, and uh, who else? I mean, Dave Fusinski. I know he's still here and he taught me so much about uh just concepts, musical concepts. You know, painting blue and green and red, like really understanding what it sounds like and what it feels like. You know. Um I, I mean I had some I had some great teachers and and it was special like the t- the actual time period that I was here. Like I'm super grateful for the people that were here and for some people that you know other students didn't know or didn't really pay attention to for whatever reason you know i did and and i'm glad you know because people are like you know it's like oh i want to take lessons with this guy i want to take lessons with this guy you know but who would who would have thunk that honestly a lot of my grooming as a drummer came from a guitar player like a lot of what i learned here uh as far as becoming a drummer and one that is solid in, in a band that like people actually want to play with, I learned from Fuse. And
3: that's for, as far as feel, pocket?
2: Yeah, feel, communication, communication um, just no, like just inherently kind of understanding what to play and what not to play and when to play it. You know, he just had, And also just, you know, mixing styles together. You know, he's really great at, you know, I mean, the guy makes up his own scales, you know? I mean, like, who does that, you know? So I was able to just really delve into that and see like where you can go with things where, you know, people kind of are in a box as far, like stylistically and, you know, they just think, oh, funk is this, and jazz is this, and rock is this, and, you know, you know, world beat, or, or you know, Afro-Cuban Latin jazz is this. It's like, it's all the same. That's pretty much what I learned. You know, good music is good music. Um, how did you land your
3: first big opportunity?
2: Well, I mean, for me, I would say that my first big opportunity was actually playing with the Sam Kininger band, which was a band here that I joined uh, that basically came out of me going to Wally's and playing down there, um, because that like groomed me and trained me for you know, a pop gig, you know what I mean, just stamina-wise you know, being able to play hard for two and a half hours, you know, is not something that you just get, you know, it's like you actually have to be, like, fire tested, you know. So that came from me going to Wally's and just sitting there. Like, I, I, I sat in Wally's literally for, like, six months before I actually sat in or played with the band. Um, I thought it was important to listen and that's what I did is I went down there and I learned like the Tuesday Night Squad like I learned their arrangements you know and then when I sat in like I knew the song you know and they were like oh she knows how we play it like how she know how we play it because I sat in there and listened to them play it for six months you know and I feel like that's something even now that's lost is understanding like you have to listen you know so many people just play and play and play it's like you're not listening to what's going on what's going on around you you know and people are eager to like get in there like let me play let me play let me play but it's like do you know what you're playing you know like you do you know when the b section is coming do you know where the bridge is like do you know you know there's an extra bar or two like you just totally miss that you know what I mean so that's, that's what I did to kind of prepare and just kind of get my foot in the door. And like after I sat in, they were like, yo, okay, we know we can call somebody to sub. And then that's what happened. I got called to sub, and then eventually, I joined the band with uh, Mark Kelly and Davey Nate. Davey Nate. <laughs> and uh, Charles Haynes was playing down there on Wednesdays when I went down there and uh webster roach god bless his soul and i mean i just learned a lot from watching and listening you know but that was probably like my first like big opportunity and then it prepared me for what was to come next you know and i just went i went to an open call you know that's how i got the beyonce gig i didn't even think it was real i thought it was a gimmick like oh she wants an all-female band whoop-dee-doo you know it's like i and i had actually played in an all-female band here at berkeley it was called mass ave i don't know if anybody remembers it it was very (laughs) short-lived but um it was like always this thing being a female drummer you know people are like oh i want you to play in this all-female band or you know they just want you to play in the band because you're a girl you know but That was actually um, the advantage to getting the gig, because they wanted an all-female band. And I went to the audition. I had 50 bucks in my pocket. I had just moved to New York, because I was like, I had done pretty much what I could do here in Boston. So I thought, you know, I was like, it's time to get out. Let's go. Let's go to New York. Let's see what it's all about, you know high risk, high reward. And I went to the audition and I got the gig. I didn't even, I didn't think, you know, I didn't think it was real. And then five years later, I'm like, oh my God, am I, I'm still doing this, (laughs) you know? So yeah, Um, I mean, just being prepared, I guess that's, you know, that's totally what helped me.
3: It's it's amazing that even um, in this time that, you know, there's still cer- certain barriers that exist, um, not only as a woman of color, but, you know, female drummer. Yeah. You know, we have the Terra Lynn Karen we have some trailblazers right yeah, here on campus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, talk to me a little bit, what kind of advice would you give to a, a, a female instrumentalist that is, is trying to, to kind of break through, and especially as a drummer?
2: Yeah, I mean, the only thing is to play, you know? I mean, my experience is that you have to play harder. You have to practice more. You have to, you know, spend more time on your craft just for the simple fact that they look at you and say, oh, you're a girl, you know? And it's like, it, it's it's pretty ridiculous now. We're in, what is it, 2015, you know? but we still have racial profiling, so it's like, you know, it's all ridiculous, you know, and and it won't really change. I mean, you can try and change it. Um, That's actually why I'm here, is to make a change, you know, but, uh, I mean, that's that's really all I got, is use it as fire, use it as motivation, you know, because, I mean, that's what I did, you know, people are like, oh, you can't, I mean, it started, it started way before drumming, you know, like I I used to want to play basketball, you know, like my aunt was a basketball player and I looked up to her and I was like, I want to dunk, I want to, you know, I want to do, I want to do everything that that I see other people doing. I wasn't looking at it as like a dude or a chick, you know, it was just like, I want to do what this person is doing. So, you know, I wanted to play basketball, and these kids were like, "You can't play, you're a girl." You know, and then I punched one of them in the face, and then I played a game with them, and I beat them. You know, and then like we became friends. You know, it's just like that's just kind of what, that's just what it is, and and that's what you got to do. You know, like uh, figuratively, you have to punch people in the face, not <laughs> not, not literally. You know, yeah, kick drum. You know. But yeah, just I just used it as fuel to the fire, you know? Cause people just take one look at me and they got me figured out, you know? And I'm definitely not, uh, I mean, I am me, like I am who I am. So this is what I look like and this is who I am. But, you know, I, I can't be put inside of a box, you know, by any stretch of the means. You know, and I mean, I walk with that every day in everyday life. You know what I mean? It's like people look at me and they're like, really? Like she's in business class? Like, well, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, probably been to countries that you don't even know exist. You know, I've been places that, you know, you you can't go. You just can't go there, you know, and I've been there and I've played music and music was the, was the doorway? Was the opening for me to get to these places and do these things? You know, so I mean that. Yeah, that's that's really it. Is just keep pressing on, you know, because I'm not stopping. You know, I'm I'm I'm. If anything, I'm in my prime right now. You know, <laughs> I'm ready to go.
3: So, in your prime, it, I mean, you started your own group yeah and the nth power the nth power and you're, right there you're the the drummer yep music director
2: yeah, i mean somewhat yeah road manager yeah road manager in, yeah uh, all yeah well, i um i'm like the band leader yeah if you will sure
3: And uh, what, what kind of uh, projects are you involved in with, with the nth power
2: um well we just started about two years ago about two years ago and uh We've made leaps and bounds in the two years that we've been together. That's the thing is that everybody was kind of doing something else. So we all kind of made the decision to leave what we were doing to make this a full-time thing, you know. Um, I was playing with Ivan Neville in uh, Dumpster Funk. Uh, Nigel was playing with Lettuce. Nick was playing with Big Daddy Kane. Weedy was playing all over the place with everybody. Um, and Nate is in, uh, John Brown's body. And I mean, I can't even really explain to you what the music is. Cause it's everything. It's like me, it's, it's every member of the band, you know, it's like all of our influences and we're all influenced by everything. So it's just a mixture of that. But we really try and have something for everybody you know and the purpose or the goal that we have as a band is to do something that no band has ever really done before um it's more than playing music for us um just in my short uh experience living life whatever traveling around and seeing things you know my eyes have been open to the world and what it actually really is and how dark and you know how just dirty and just messed up it is you know so um... we've taken it upon ourselves to spread the light and and that's really it Um, we know for sure that there's going to be obstacles because people not everybody is about the light. Not everybody is about love and peace and understanding because they make millions, trillions, billions of dollars off of it. You know. But it doesn't matter. This is what's happening, it's what what's what's going on. So we're on a mission to save the world and we will succeed. <laughs>
3: Is it? Is it? A, I, I know you, you, you might not be able to kind of describe the, the music. What's the? What's the instrumentation?
2: Um, it's bass, drums, guitar, keys, and percussion, and then uh, three of us sing. I sing. The guitar player sings, and the keyboardist.
3: Okay. Yeah. And um, the, the connection with the band is it a Berkeley connection or just? Uh, not at all. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm the. I, I'm actually the only member that went to Berkeley, which. Um, is interesting within itself, but I met everybody just playing music, you know. I met Nigel in Maine, I was playing with the Sam Kinninger band, and it's just funny how it all happened because I, like, I've known Nate for I don't know, probably like 12 years, and I met him and Wally's and like we used to just write together and play like rock music, you know, and I always wanted to play with him be around him just because he was like a great guy you know one of the sweetest people i've ever met in my life and i was like you know someday like we'll figure this out you know and i called him like two years ago i was like yo man you want to come down to new orleans and play you know this jazz fest gig and he was like sure because he had been trying to get into the scene because he's been on the reggae scene like for a long time He's been crushing the reggae scene. <laughs> but he was like, I want to do something else. You know, I want to play some funk or whatever. You know, so I called him up for this gig. And uh, Nick Casarino, who's the guitar player, I met him in Vermont uh, playing with the Jennifer Hartswick band. Uh, it's a band that we play in probably three or four times a year. <laughs> we like do gigs, which is not really that often. But she works a lot. She plays with Trey Anastasio from Fish, so uh, he was on the gig, and and Jen called me up and was like, "What do you What do you think about me calling Nigel to come play with us?" And I was like, "Yeah, do it. You know, he's killing." So we all just kind of ended up on stage together, and we we did a sound check, you know, and we were just playing, and when we stopped, we looked at each other and was like, "Yo." there's something here, we gotta, there's something here, like we should do something, you know? Cause it it just, like it just clicked immediately. And I'm sure if you listen back to the tape, wasn't as great as we thought it was. It was like three in the morning, you know, jazz fest style, like we played until 6 a.m. It was like, you know, it was rough, you know? But we literally started recording and writing and recording immediately after that, which, which, I've never ever in my life um even you know recorded something that I could put out. Like it's taken me years, you know, I've been working on this rock album for like 10 years, you know, and it's still just in my computer. You know, like nobody's heard it. Like nobody knows what it is, you know. So, we knew it was special, you know, just playing the music and like getting it out there and people responding to it. So, we just decided like this is what we have to do you know it's it's a calling it's like we don't really have a choice you know and then Weedy he came in he he came he was a he was a latecomer but not too late like he came shortly thereafter I met him he was playing with two Bob crew and he walked up to me and he was like we're gonna play together and I was like cool man like awesome I don't know who you are but yeah let's play music I really don't care you know and we ended up playing together and it was like heaven. And I was like, dude, you're in the band, let's go. You know? And it's funny cause he's the only non-N member. Like I'm Nikki, Nate plays bass, Nigel plays keys and sings, and Nick plays guitar and sings. And then we got Weedy. But he's the, he's the W in power, so it's okay. cool. So that's how, the, how, <coughs> how it came to be the name? Yeah, that's how it came to be the name. Um, totally.
3: Did you did you release an actual CD? Yeah,
2: we put out an EP. EP? Okay. Yeah, but the uh, the full length album will be coming out uh, probably the beginning of April okay. this year.
3: Excellent. And what what you're doing now? Are you are you starting to do spot dates
2: or? or? Yeah, yeah, we're touring. Okay. Yeah, we're touring. We did a full we did a, a a full tour this past fall, which was incredible. It was funny because we did more dates. <laughs> in in three months than we had ever at being a band at all just because we had all been working so much we didn't have a chance to you know but we did like 50 shows in like three months and like we went to australia which was actually i'm wearing the shirt right here calendar music festival which was pretty awesome you know just to even just go out of the country and play and it's a pretty big festival out there and um well, so we went to Costa Rica. We just, we actually just got back. We played on a jam cruise. We went to Honduras and Mexico. So, I mean, it's like, honestly, like I never really thought that, uh, uh, first of all, that I would have a band. Second of all, that we would already be traveling internationally within two years, you know? So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how quickly things are happening. Yeah,
3: that's pretty yeah. I mean, are you the tour manager and the man as far as like booking and, and everything? Are you yeah, well, company? I mean, I have
2: we have a booking agent. Okay. Um, but right now I'm managing the band, co-managing the band with uh, Nate, the bass player. You know, we kind of make all the business decisions for right now, you know, because really I'm just waiting for someone to inspire me, like give me a good idea. Like why should I pay you? 15% to tell you what to do, you know? I'm just not into it. So I'll do it myself. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I just took life business courses, <laughs> you know? Uh, that's something that um, I kind of figured out is that, like, pay attention. You know, pay attention. Like, I paid attention to every single little thing that happened around me. Like, you know, I hung out with the carpenters, I hung out with the riggers, the lighting guys, the uh, the video guys, I hung out with the audio dudes, you know, like I paid attention, I hung out with the accountant, you know, like you just like you hang out and like you, you pick up little gems and then you're like, oh this is how you're supposed to do it, oh this is how it's done, you know. So I mean, I definitely had a great school as far as that is concerned with Beyonce because it's like a well oiled machine. That's a major production. It's a major production. An enterprise. Yeah, it's an enterprise for sure. Yeah. You know, so I just like paid attention and was like, oh, okay, that's okay. That's what you do. Duh. Okay. You know.
3: So I know that you're right in the middle of this amazing project with the with end the power. Um, what's next for you? Can you, if you if you project it say 3 to 5 years out would you finally hear that rock album
2: uh maybe I don't even know i'm not even focused on that right now you know i'm just focused on the ants power and getting that where it needs to be or where i think it needs to be you know which is all over the world you know obviously every artist thinks that you know their music should be heard by everyone you know it's just kind of, let's just par through the course, you know? So that's, that's my plan is to spread it worldwide and to let people know that, you know, they're loved. Something as simple as that. All you have to do is love yourself and love the people around you. And that's kind of like the cure, you know? That's kind of how I see how we can fix all of this, you know? because we've done a great job of messing it up, you know, but it's time to, like, get to work, you know. If you care about anything, if you care about your kids, you know, everybody doesn't have kids. They got nieces and nephews or they have, you know, they know some little person. If you know somebody that's younger than you and you care about them, then, you know, it's time to do something. Like, we can't just not do anything. You know, it's like, they need clean water, they need real food to eat, you know? It's like, so what? You know, people just like go about their day doing whatever they're doing, like creating trash and just like not really caring. And it's like, yo, other people have to live here when you're, when you're gone, you know? So that's really, that's like, that's like my main focus, really, is just trying to turn this around, you know?
3: you
2: love us through music. Yeah, yeah, through music. I mean, platform, music yeah, it's, it's, it's the best platform, you know, because I can actually go places, like I said, that, you know, some people can't go, you know. I've been to places that people have not been to and that they can't get to purely because I'm an ambassador of music, you know. It's like, oh, let them in. The musicians, let them in, you know. So while I'm in there, I'm going to wreck shop. I
0: love it. it. Is there a specific example of that? Like a a country or a gig you had that you were like, wow, how'd I get here?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, We went to Nigeria and that was culture shock for sure. Um, Just even like leaving the airport, you know, there were kids on the highway just like begging for money and begging for change and whatnot. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is unbelievable. You know, like on like, you know, 90, 93. Like, you know, if anybody is driven on 93, just imagine 93 and imagine kids walking up and down the middle of the lanes, like begging for money, you know, cars whizzing by. Like it was it was really intense, but um, playing there Really, kind of opened my eyes to just even how the the female species is is looked at by other parts of the world. You know, Beyonce said, "Give it up for my all female band," and they booed. You know, cause like they just don't think of women in that regard. You know, like you you know we're not equals. You know what I mean? So. I mean, I would say that that really was just like, okay, if I was born there or if I was, you know, born somewhere else, like, I wouldn't even be able to do what I'm doing. I wouldn't be me, you know, which I thank God it's a blessing, you know, every day. Like, people always talk bad about this country and what it is and what it's not, but, you know, it's it's a capitalist society. And you know if you can make it, then you can make it. Whatever you think of, you can actually like make happen. You know, make it can come to fruition. You know, but I mean, as far as like going places where people can't go, I mean, like I'm into the White House. You know, everybody can't go to the White House. You know, I played for the president. You know, everybody can't do that. You know, and that you you gotta. <laughs> Man, you had to talk about a background check. <laughs> you passed, <laughs> so, Yeah, I passed. I passed. Yeah, totally. They were like, all right, she's cool.
3: Um, so if I looked at your iPhone or your MP3 player, what would be queued up on, on any given day? What are you listening to?
2: Right now, my mantra is like the SOS band. I mean, they're from Atlanta. So <laughs> you ain't got to go that far. But um, yeah, the SOS band... Ashford and Simpson, um, Lyle Mays, like right now, that's kind of, so kind of what's been in, going on. Like old
3: spirit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah like for sure. Nice. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely trying to bring that back. You know? Cause I feel like that era is like when things were happening, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like people said something and other people responded to what was being said. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like definitely wanna, I mean, I'm not really saying I'm trying to crack the code, but you know, somewhat just okay. learn from, you know, what happened before.
3: And that's what you're hearing right now probably
2: as well. So. Yeah.
3: The only, uh, cause, I, cause I, I see a trend, I hear a trend in, in music I don't want to say Pharrell, but more like uh, Bruno Mars, like that most recent uh, mm-hmm. that he did. I think Jeff Basker's on that, uh, mm-hmm.
2: Keys. Uh, mm-hmm. So
3: I can hear that kind of time.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, totally. You know, That's fully what it is.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so I can go to iTunes and, and get the power?
2: Yeah, yeah. You can get the uh, the EP is, is on there right now. Um, I would say it's probably not a proper representation of the band now. Just because when we did it, like, we were just we were just forming, you know, like figuring out our sound. And now it's like, it's definitely changed and morphed into like this thing. It's evolved. Yeah, it's evolved, yeah. In, the, in a short period of time, it's definitely evolved. I mean, the songs are still there. So you can hear the songs, you know, which is the important part. Yeah, which I feel is like, you know, if it's a good song, it doesn't matter. Like it can be acoustic guitar and vocals, you know, if it's a good song, then it'll, it can live on its own. You know, it doesn't matter what else is going on, so.
3: Now, are you here to do a clinic at at Berkeley?
2: No, actually, we're just playing the, I think it's like the Welcome Back concert or something.
3: Yeah. Where where are you gonna be playing?
2: David Friend. David Friend. Yeah, yep. We'll be in there and I think we're gonna do like, you know, a Q and A session or something. I'm sure a lot of people are going to have questions. <laughs> they be like, what is going on in there? What's happening? That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's go. Cool. Well, welcome back. I
3: think, yeah, uh, thanks. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you want to talk about or
2: anything like that? No, um, well, probably not. I mean, I guess, like, people always ask me, like, for advice, you know? And, yeah, you gave some good, good
3: sound advice. And things
2: you know, about. it's like, I mean... It's funny because I never thought that I would ever be somebody that somebody would ask advice from. You know, it's like, oh, what did you do? You know, like, I don't know. I just just did it, you know. But, I mean, one thing that I learned is the power of visualization. The power to see something and want it and go and get it, you know. um, Like, our words have a lot of power and people don't even realize. You know, when you say I can't, you can't because you said that you couldn't. You know, but if you say that you can, then you can. And I mean it's like it's as simple as that. You know, I never ever thought that I would be sitting in the position that I'm in, always wanted to, you know. But I think that that's even, that's part of it, is just wanting it and seeing it, wanting to do it, wanting to be it, wanting to travel the world and play music and like make a difference in people's lives has brought me to where I am you know sitting in this seat you know talking to students or whoever is listening you know to whatever I have to say you know but I mean you can do it too I mean that's really it I could you know it's like I could be it it could be anybody you know I could be anybody You know, you you could be sitting here. I mean, you're sitting there, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like you're sitting on the other side of the camera, you know? So, I mean, I know people get discouraged. I got discouraged, especially when you start to compare yourself to other people and to their musical abilities. And, you know, it's just never really good to do that. (laughs) I mean, you definitely want to have something to reach towards you know, like I said before, Horacio was a huge influence on me and I just totally like I love the way he played and wanted to do what he did, you know, so I strove towards that. But you know, to say this guy's better than me and this girl's better than me and this person sings better than me, it's like do the best that you can do. And that's all you can do. That's nice. Thank you very much. Yeah.
0: That was a conversation from January 16, 2015 with 2005 Berkeley alumna, drummer Nikki Glaspie, whose band The Nth Power just released their debut album, Abundance. They can be seen this Friday, November 27th at the Sinclair in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and around the country through the new year. For tour dates and music, visit thenthpowermusic.com. And to learn about all the great things alumni are doing around the world, visit edu.